continuing to look at the miracles of the Old Testament and specifically the last few weeks and looking at the miracles that were performed by the hand of Elijah. And boy, I tell you what, from the very first lesson that we've looked at Elijah all the way through, I just, I'm just getting to where he's my hero, boy. I'm telling you what, I like Elijah. His name was, uh, always knew that he was a great man of God, but taking the time to look at each thing that took place and how he trusted God and how he believed in God, well, I tell you what, Elijah was somebody we could definitely pattern our lives over. When we began chapter number 18 in verse number 1, God had told Elijah in chapter 18, verse number 1, that he would again send rain upon the earth. And so then they went and had the contest there at Mount Carmel, which we looked at last week, uh, how that Elijah went up against the uh, 450 prophets of Baal. And of course they built the altars, uh, they prayed, and God answered with fire and devoured uh, the altar there that Elijah had built. Uh, and we see in verses 39 and verse number 40 of chapter number 18 that the people of Israel turned from their worship of Baal and they turned back to God. They, they had given themselves up to idol worship, but after God uh, came and God answered in fire, they recognized that without a doubt this is the true God. And they turned from their Baal worship and they turned back to God and acknowledged that God was indeed, the Lord was the God of all the earth. And now that the people had returned to following God, Elijah knew it's time for the rain. It is time for the rain. Now, if you remember last week we looked, uh, and when we looked at Elijah's prayer, we realized uh, that the whole contest at Mount Carmel uh, was something that God had told Elijah to do. Although we do not have the specific instructions recorded, we can tell from Elijah's prayer that God had told him to, to do this contest. This was God's instruction. We do know from verse number 1 that God had said he was going to return the rain. So it's pretty easy to put together the pieces realize that God told Elijah I'm going to send the rain but first I want you to go to Mount Carmel I'm going to reveal myself and if my people turn back to me I will send the rain. And so we come here uh, to verses 41 and 46 and we see uh, that it is time for the rain. It is time for the rain to return. But here in this account, we are presented with something that is very interesting. Very interesting to me, and I have to admit, before I studied this miracle out, it had never stood out to me. Uh, my dad called me today, and he was telling me what he was going to be preaching tonight, and so I was uh, telling him what I was going to be preaching tonight, and I told him what I'm getting ready to tell you, and he said, I never noticed that before. I said, well, I never did either until I got to looking at this. But boy, I tell you what, there's something very interesting in this story. In Ma at Mount Carmel, Elijah offered a very short prayer. Matter of fact, I counted it. It was 63 words. Now, I know for some folks that might be a long prayer, but really, 63 words is a very short prayer. He prayed 63 words, and immediately fire fell from heaven. No hesitation, no waiting, no, nothing happened. Elijah prayed, God answered with fire. But then we see that now that it's time for rain, and God had promised that he would give the rain, Elijah does not receive an immediate answer. Now we know that when he went to Mount Carmel, we understand that what he was doing was what God had told him to do. And last week uh, we said that he knew God had said he would do it. Therefore he prayed in faith uh, and God gave an immediate answer. But now we see the very next thing that Elijah did. He's not even left Mount Carmel yet. He's still on the mount. Uh, this is not any time later. This is still uh, the same uh, scenario, the same time frame. Uh, 
and it's time for rain, and Elijah goes to pray for rain that God had promised, and he doesn't get an immediate answer. Now, I want to take a few minutes and look at this because I believe there's an important lesson for you and I in this account, this fact that God did not answer immediately, that I believe if we get this, it will help strengthen us in our own prayer life and the diligence with which we pursue God whenever we go to Him in prayer. So we're going to read 1 Kings chapter number 18, starting in verse number 41 down through verse number 46. The Bible says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. It came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, dear Lord, for the opportunity that we have, Lord, in the middle of the week to come together to your house, Lord, to look at your word, Lord, to fellowship together, to sing the songs of praise, uh, and Lord, to lift our spirits, and Lord, to help us, uh, uh, Lord, gain some spiritual meat and some spiritual food, Lord, to carry us uh, throughout the rest of the week. Father, I thank you for your goodness to us. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll bless now as we look at your word. I pray, dear Father, that you will help me to deliver this truth, Father, that you've shown me, and Lord, that we'll be able to receive it, and Father, that it'll strengthen our faith, and Lord, it'll help us to learn to be diligent, uh, Lord, when we seek you, and Father, I thank you for it. I pray that you will be at the CG3 uh, uh, class tonight. I pray you be with Aiden and Pastor Kent as they're teaching. I pray you be with the other workers, Lord, as they work among the children. Father, I pray that your word will go forth, your seed will be planted, and Father, Lord, that we'll see fruits for our labor. Thank you, dear Lord, for the opportunity to be here this season. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Here in this passage of Scripture is the story of God's miraculous restoration of the rain. We know that three years and six months prior, Ahab, or Elijah had showed up before Ahab and said, there will be no more rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain a drop. There was no rain. God had shut off the supply. The streams, the lakes, the rivers, everything was drying up. Matter of fact, if you look previous to this, you will see that Ahab, and his servants had went out to, uh, to search the land and see if they could find any grass to bring back and feed the horses and the mules. Uh, this was a serious drought. Uh, this was something that had overtaken the land. Uh, people were suffering. Uh, people, we know from the story of the widow, the widow told Elijah, she said, I'm going to eat this one last cake. And she said, then me and my son are going to die. And we know that without a doubt she was not the only person or the only family that had found themselves in that situation. Uh, they were people who were sickly. They were people who were weak. Uh, very likely people had died as a result of this famine. Uh, they had lost uh, livestock. Uh, uh, there was no crops. Uh, this was very, very serious. For three years and six months, not a drop of rain. 
God was judging his people because they had sinned against him in turning from him and worshiping Baal. And we looked at this a long time ago that God had said in his law, if you start worshiping false gods, I will shut off the rain. You know something that we take for granted nowadays is the weather. But the Bible all through the word of God lets us know that God is in control of the weather. God is the one that controls what goes on. Used to be, I used to fret really bad. Used to really fret if it snowed on Sunday. And I would just fret and fuss. I'd be like, why did it have to snow on Sunday? I mean, goodness gracious, why is it snow? And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. God's in control of the weather. If he wants it to snow on Sunday, that's his business. I'm not going to fuss about it anymore. If he's in snow on Sunday, I'm going to sit on my couch and watch preaching on TV. Because, hey, I mean, it just works so good this way. And But God is in control of the weather. And once we remember that God is in control of the weather, a lot of times the weather can give us some insight into some things that's going on. God is in control of the weather. So we see that God had shut off the rain God was judging his people for their sin. But now after three years and six months, God extended his mercy. Boy, I'm telling you what, we serve a merciful, merciful God. God said, you turn from me and you turn to the false gods. I will shut off your rain. He could have shut off the rain indefinitely. He could have killed the entire nation of Israel and been just and righteous in doing so because he was meeting out the judgment that he said they would receive if they turned their back on him. God could have left the rain off for eternity and been just in doing so. Three years and six months went by and the people of Israel in their ignorance uh, had not yet recognized or realized that the reason they didn't have any rain was because God was judging them. They were still thinking that this was some freak of nature. They were still thinking this was some kind of something odd going on with the weather and it had not dawned on them that this was a result of the judgment of God and God in His mercy said, I'm going to do something else to get my people's attention. You know what? We serve a merciful, merciful God. There are so many times in each and every one of our lives that God could have justly snuffed us out. But instead, He allowed us to cross paths with the Word of God once again. There's been many times after salvation that God could have justly taken us on to glory because of the way we were behaving as Christians. But instead, He allowed us to encounter the preaching of the Word of God or He allowed a passage of Scripture to speak to our heart and He brought us back to a place of repentance. You need never think that the judgment of God or the Word of God or the preaching of God is harsh whenever it corrects you because when it corrects you, it is God's mercy bringing you back to a place of repentance. God told Elijah, he said, here's what we're going to do. He said, we're going to have a showdown. He said, if my people will recognize that I'm God, he said, I'll give them back their rain. If my people will recognize, and boy, I'm telling you, he displayed himself in such an obvious manner. There was really no way that they could deny that he was indeed God. I mean, he just displayed himself. He answered in fire, and the people responded. The people turned back to God. 
And because of that, he restored the rain. In verse number 41, we see that after the people repented, Elijah expected God's promise. So the people repented. God said, we're going to give back the rain. God answered with fire. They killed the 450 prophets of Baal. Then Elijah turned around and he said to Ahab, in verse number 41, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Now we know from later on, which we'll look at here in just a few moments, uh, that there wasn't uh, any obvious physical evidence of rain yet. Uh, the servant went and looked seven times and said, or six times and said, there is nothing. Uh, so there was no physical obvious evidence of rain. But Elijah uh, told Ahab, he said, God has answered. The rain is coming. You might as well go party. Go get you something to eat. Go get you something to drink. He said, because I know that the rain is coming. I can hear the rain coming. And Elijah was saying, God has promised the rain. Ahab, you might as well celebrate. It is coming. Elijah expected God to deliver on his promise. You know what you and I can do? We can get into the word of God and we can find the promises of God and we can and expect God to deliver on his promise. Uh, we are not being of uh, 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 a wrong spirit whenever we expect God to deliver. We are not trying to force God when we expect God to deliver. No, because God is a God of his word. And if God says he's going to do something, uh, we can expect it from him. Elijah expected that God was going to see from the rain. God was going to send the rain. We see from this verse that you and I can rely on the promises of God. We can depend on Him to do what He said He would do and we can confidently instruct others based on His promises. Elijah said you can go ahead and go eat and drink because God will send the rain. It is coming. Elijah expected God to deliver on His promise. And in verses 42 to 43, we see that because Elijah believed God would deliver on his promise, he exhibited great faith. Because he expected God to deliver, he exhibited great faith. Look at verse 42 and 43. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. He went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. I like this passage of scripture. While the king went to have a party, the preacher went to pray. Yeah. <laughs> the preacher said, here's what's going to happen. You might as well go home and celebrate. And then the preacher went to get a hold of God and begged God to deliver on his promise. You know what? I believe a lot of times this world is partying when God's people is praying and the world does not understand that much of the mercy they receive, many of the blessings they receive, much of the joy in life that they receive is not a result of the lifestyle that they live but is a result of some Christian somewhere praying for them. He said, you can go party, I'm going to go pray. Now, we know that God had promised to send the rain. We know that the people had repented. But yet Elijah went to pray. You know what I believe oftentimes we forget? That God wants his children to talk to him. We forget 
that God enjoys interaction with his children. You know what? I can pretty much guarantee that if I go to a store, whether it be a service station or Walmart or Kroger, whenever I get to the checkout line with all those candy bars, I can just about guarantee that Kale wants one of them. And I can pretty much guarantee that if I get one and say, I'm going to get this for you, it'll put a big smile on her face. And sometimes I do that. But you know what I like? It's whenever she says, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And I'm like, yes, sweetie. Um, can I have a candy bar? I'm like, yeah, pick out whatever you want. God likes for his children to interact with him. You say, why did Elijah have to go pray? I mean, God had already promised rain. His people had already repented. Why did Elijah go pray? Because Elijah knew that God enjoys when his children talk to him. And a lot of times uh, we get this mindset uh, that God's already said he's going to do something or his word already says he's going to do it. And we skip out on the prayer when the whole thing that God is wanting from you and I is to spend some time talking to him. So Elijah went to pray. Elijah knew that God had said it would rain and so he began to pray in faith based on the promise of God. Now, as I mentioned when we started, in verse number 43 we see that this prayer didn't turn out like when he was praying for fire. When Elijah prayed for fire, God answered immediately. But now we see Elijah once again praying for God to deliver on a promise. Elijah isn't praying out of the will of God. Elijah isn't praying to consume it upon his own lust. Uh, Elijah isn't doing anything that he ought not doing. No, Elijah is praying in the will of God based on the promise of God and having faith in God. And yet, for some reason, God postpones his answer. Seven times, Elijah sent his servant to look at the sea. Can you imagine that? Here's Elijah up on the top of Mount Carmel, the same guy that just a couple hours ago Say, God, send a fire. And God sent fire. Yeah. He's down on his knees. His face is between his knees. Uh, and he's praying for God to send the rain. And he looks up at his servant. And he says, go over yonder and look and see if the rain's coming. And he's sitting there and he's praying and he's praying and he's praying. And his servant comes back, taps him on the shoulder. Elijah looks up and he's like, no, there's nothing. Yeah. He said, go look again. And Elijah keeps praying and praying and praying. A little bit the servant comes back, taps him on the shoulder and says, no, there's nothing. He's like, go check again. I imagine this servant will start to think, why don't you go check for yourself? Why don't you go over there and pray where you can see what's happening? Man, I'm getting tired. Running back and forth and looking to see. Six times he went over there and looked, and six times he came back and told Elijah, no, there is nothing. And the seventh time, Elijah said, go look again. You know what I see right here is that Elijah was exhibiting some great faith. Now you and I like it whenever there is a need in our life and we say a prayer and God answers that prayer. We enjoy that. We like that. Wow, look, God is listening to me. God is answering my prayers. And boy, I'm telling you what, I love it whenever I just say a prayer about something and boy, God just answers that prayer without any hesitation. But oftentimes whenever we have something that we're praying about and we don't get that immediate answer, second time, the third time, we start losing faith. Yeah. We start second-guessing ourselves. We start wondering, well, why is God not answering this? 
We start thinking that maybe, maybe the promises in His Word, maybe we misunderstood it. Maybe that's not exactly what it means. Maybe I've misinterpreted. And by the fifth time or sixth time, we may continue praying. But oftentimes, and maybe you've never done this, but I've definitely been guilty of this, I continue to mouth the words. I continue to say the request. But in my heart, I have quit believing that God is going to deliver. I believe oftentimes we find ourselves in a place where although we may still be saying the request, we've pretty much convinced ourselves God's not going to answer this prayer. You know what I see in Elijah? He never doubted that God was going to answer. He didn't know why God was postponing. He did not know why the rain hadn't came yet. He did not know why there was no clouds in the sky yet. He truly believed that God was going to answer and he kept on praying. He never gave up. He never lost hope. He never lost his faith. He just looked at the servant and said, go look again. He looked at the servant and said, go look again. Elijah had absolutely no doubt that God was going to answer and although God postponed, he never gave up on believing in God. You know what? There's going to be times in your life that you're going to pray and God is going to answer immediately. There's going to be times in your life when you're going to have to pray for a while. You're going to just have to stay with it. I don't know even right now why God hesitated to send the rain. I have no idea. Now some commentators have made a lot of guesses about it, but I don't know why God hesitated to send the rain. But I know that he had promised the rain and Elijah was praying in the will of God, and Elijah never quit believing that God would send the rain. There are some things that we're going to encounter in our life that there is a spiritual battlefield, a spiritual warfare that you and I don't understand. And we may have to pray a while. But if we're praying according to the promises of God, and we're believing in God, you keep on praying. Sooner or later, He'll send the answer you're praying for. Elijah exhibited great faith. Can you imagine praying and fire falling from heaven and two hours later, three hours later, praying for rain and then not showing up? Be discouraged. Elijah never wavered. He just kept on praying. God, you said you're going to send the rain. Go look again. I know that he's going to send it. And we see that because Elijah did not lose hope, he did not become discouraged, but instead he remained faithful. We see in verses 44 and 45 that Elijah experienced a guaranteed answer. God had promised he would do it, and we see that Elijah experienced that answer. In verse number 44 it says, And it came to pass at the seventh time. You know what? I keep I can't help but keep thinking about Naaman when he went and dipped in the river. When I was a, when I was a kid in school, I don't know, I was 10, 11 years old. I was part of a uh, cantata thing that we did. It was about naming. And uh, my part was to stand up on the rail of this fence we had built and to say, doesn't look like anything is happening while Naaman was dunking in the river. And so as I read this, I keep thinking about that. Every time Naaman would go under and they'd pull him up, I'd say, don't look like anything's happening. You know, at six times, I want that seventh time. Boy, I'll tell you what, he come up and play. We see right here that that servant the seventh time, over and over and over again, he said, Master, don't look like anything's happening. But on that seventh time, that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud 
out of the sea like a man's hand. Now, I just want to say right here that many times when you've been praying for a while and God starts to answer, we doubt the answer. We, we see here that Elijah sent him all these times and the servant came back and he's like, okay, something's happening. There's a little bitty cloud about the size of a man's hand coming up out of the sea. I mean, honest, Elijah, nothing is going on here. Nothing is happening. Little bitty cloud. I mean, there's. I mean, sure, there's a little bitty cloud, but we ain't going to get any rain out of that. But you know what? Elijah got excited. He's like, God is starting to move. Was there any rain yet? No. Was there any wind yet? No. Was there any evidence that there was going to be enough rain to restore the land in Israel? No. But Elijah said, God is starting to move. You know what? Whenever you've been spending some time laboring in prayer, maybe you're praying for a lost loved one, and you've been praying for them not for days, not for weeks. You've been praying for this lost loved one for years, and you've been begging God to work in her life, and you've been begging God to convict them, and then all of a sudden, they send you a comment on your Facebook page about a Bible verse that you posted and they maybe give you a thumbs up on it or something you're like, they're never going to get saved. No, God is starting to work. Get excited. Things are starting to happen. God is stirring on the inside. Recognize that God is moving and kick that prayer into high gear and keep on praying because God is about to deliver on His promise. He said there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. Now, I don't have anything to back this up. It's just my hillbilly way of th thinking, I guess. Uh, but I like to think that that would look like the hand of God <coughs> coming up out of that sea. Whenever that servant said to Elijah, there's coming up out of the sea a little hand, a little cloud, looks like a man's hand. I'm sure Elijah thought, oh, that's the hand of God. He is getting ready to do something. He is getting ready to work. And Elijah said, and he said, go up. Saying to Ahab, dinner's over, time to quit eating. Get in your chariot, get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. He said, there's a little cloud, it is time for the rain, it's going to be here. Go tell Ahab, he better get out of here because it's going to get muddy and he ain't going to be able to get that chariot home if he don't start rolling right now. You go tell him. And so he went and told him, and we see that it says in verse number 45, and it came to pass in the meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. Elijah, because he didn't give up on God, because he remained faithful in his prayer, because he claimed the promise of God, he experienced a guaranteed answer. You know what? I believe that sometimes we miss experiencing God's miraculous ability because we quit praying before he delivers. Yeah. If you're praying according to the promises of God, don't quit. Right. Because if you stay faithful, he will deliver. Yeah. I believe there's many times that we quit praying before he delivers and we miss out on what God is able to do. In verse number 46, though, we see another miracle that occurred as a result of the coming rain. And boy, I just, I just love this. In verse number 46, well, the last part of verse number 45 says, And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. So Ahab peeled out in his chariot. He was gone, headed for Jezreel. And in verse number 46 it says, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I see here that uh, Elijah enjoyed a good run. 
He enjoyed a good run. Now, oftentimes when we say that somebody had a good run, we're speaking about the end of something. I don't mean it that way. I just mean that he enjoyed getting out and running. I mean, he just enjoyed a good run. It says here that the hand of the Lord was on him. He girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Drasriel. The rain was coming. This was not going to be a little drizzle. This was a torrential downpour. Uh, this was going to be an old-fashioned gully washer. I mean, this there was a lot of rain coming all at once, uh, and we needed to find some cover. Nowhere to hide up here on Carmel. We need to get somewhere where we can get out of the rain. Uh, and so Ahab, he took off on his chariot. He's whipping his horses. They're going full speed ahead, headed for Jezreel. Uh, and Elijah just girds up his loins uh, and takes off running. Here goes Ahab. He left a couple minutes ahead of time. He's cracking that whip and they're galloping across through there, heading to town. And here comes Elijah. Shoo, just running, boy. Now, from Mount Carmel to Jezreel was just a short distance, only 15 miles. Here goes Elijah. Cool. And he passes Ahab and he keeps on going. And the Bible says that he arrived in Jezreel before Ahab ever got there. Now this was not the main miracle. This wasn't a miracle that Elijah had prayed for. This wasn't something that Elijah had asked for uh, but it was something that God knew that Elijah needed. You know what I want to say right here is that whenever you pray in faith uh, and you believe the promises of God and you put your trust in God concerning things that you know about God will give you things that you don't know about. He will answer prayers that you haven't prayed. He will deliver in situations you're not aware of and he will help you in more areas than where you're asking for. Yeah. Elijah needed to get to Jezreel and Ahab didn't offer him a ride. And so God said, don't worry, Elijah. We'll give you some superhuman speed and some superhuman st stamina and you just run. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you what. I used to run a lot when I was in high school. I don't run near as much now. Uh, I should run more. <coughs> Man, I'm telling you, they just something feels good when you're running. That wind's in your face and you're just running. Can you imagine how good Elijah felt? Whew. I mean, boy, I doubt his feet were hardly even touching the ground. And there he went, boy, just running. Running under the power of God. Do you know what? If we put our faith and trust in God, we will go further. We will go faster. We will go farther than we ever imagined possible if we put our faith in God. If we just trust in Him. If we just rely on Him. He will do more with us than we ever thought possible. When Elijah was praying for the rain, he didn't give any thought to how he was going to get out of the rain. He was just praying for rain. You know what? Whenever we see things that God wants to do and we begin to pray for it, there's a lot of times there's some logistics that we don't think about. God says, don't worry. I'll take care of all that, all those logistics, all those things, the side liars, all those things you've not considered. You believe in me, and I'll take care of everything else. And I'll take you farther, faster than you ever thought you would go. Elijah enjoyed a good run because he believed in God. This evening, I want to challenge you. Keep on believing God. He will do what he has promised to do. He will deliver on his promise, and he'll do so much more if we'll simply trust him. Don't doubt don't, don't allow the devil to jump on our back and say, oh man, God must have forgot about you. Don't allow the devil to jump on our back and cause us to start doubting the promises of the word of God. Just say, nope, he said it. I believe it. And I'm going to keep on believing that God will deliver on his promise. Elijah said, go look again. 
That ought to be the, the attitude that we have. It ain't, it ain't working, Pastor John. Look again. God said he would do it. We're going to keep on praying. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Lord, it's challenged my heart. Father, Lord, I pray it's challenged the hearts of the others. That, Lord, we will be people that claim your promises and don't let go, knowing, Father, that you will deliver in your time. And, Father, Lord, just help us to be faithful to seek you and to pray. And, Father, we thank you for it. Bless us now as we go our different ways. Bless us throughout the remainder of this week. Lord, I pray you give us opportunity to tell someone about you. Invite them to your house. And, Lord, see someone come to know you as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray. I pray you will be with Miss Debbie and her family, Lord, during this time of loss. I pray you comfort them, strengthen them, and be with them. And, Father, we'll praise you. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. amen.